2: Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Well, hello. So, I'm actually really, really excited to do this podcast because I wanted to talk about. Loneliness and also trying to make friends because I think I might have mentioned last time but Alf is getting to the age now where he really, really, really wants to meet babies his age because I feel like babies that are younger than him, like my sisters, my lovely, lovely nephew Jasper, he just wants to pull their hair and bite and crawl around them and they get quite terrified, whereas like older kids who I've got a few friends with older babies, they... Um, actually kind of just ignore him because he can't walk and just clings to them and they like shrug him off. So I'm really trying to make it my mission to kind of like battle the loneliness that I'm feeling. I don't know if you guys feel lonely or maybe if it's just because I've moved house or just because we're in the pandemic and I didn't get to do a lot of like the baby clubs or because I was so stubborn during my pregnancy that I refused to do any group pregnancy classes because I was like, I don't want new mum friends. I do not want mum friends. And it's so funny, isn't it? Because I think making friends as an adult is quite tricky. And from my experience of doing Baby Swim with Alf, which by the way, I absolutely love, it's quite hard not to just end up talking about your babies or comparing babies and like what they're doing because I suppose that's like the 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 icebreaker isn't it so um I have actually had a little bit of a development in that I potentially do have a mum friend I went to baby swim last week and um a few of us decided that we'd whatsapp each other and we went to soft play which by the way is hell hell on earth but alf had a great time so i had to suck it up but um one of the mums we were like realized that we live quite near each other and we were like oh we should go for coffee long story short the coffee place was packed so she ended up coming to mine and we've been chatting and it feels nice like she's just moved to the area um from southwest london and obviously i've moved from southwest london so there's already that kind of common ground um but it does feel, I guess it's a bit like a date, isn't it? That is like, you're trying to not, you're trying to be like, is this going to be a friend? Are we friends? Are we not friends? Is it too soon? Um, is this the right the right person? So I'm just trying to go with the flow. Also, like I'm like, when should I text her again? Is tomorrow too soon to meet? So I'm still trying to like figure out the making mum friends slash loneliness slash not wanting to hang out with people for the sake of hanging out with them. You know, I feel like having babies each other's ages are really great for the kids, but it doesn't necessarily, it's not enough to be friends. I'd actually love to know how you guys found it. Like, are you lonely? Did you have a period of being lonely? Did you find that actually you didn't feel a real need to hang out with mum friends or... You know, it, was it almost like having a job where you're like, I go to soft play or I go to baby swim or whatever it is, and they're almost like my colleagues. I speak to them because they got like they've got babies and I've got a baby, and then I go home and I put on my other head and I've got my my old friends or or maybe you did feel the need maybe is it normal to feel like this kind of like loneliness or transitional period where obviously you're always going to love your old friends but maybe you know if they don't have kids and they're out clubbing or you know doing all the things that you are unable to do at this moment in time um I don't know I'd love to hear from you I'd love to know what you guys are feeling and if you've managed to figure it out and if you have made new friends how tell me the story tell me how and uh that is why i'm really excited to speak to my two guests today I am so excited to talk to today's guests, mainly because they were the first people I spoke to on a podcast after the birth of Alf. They are the founders of an incredible online platform. It's a blog, it's an Instagram, it's an amazing podcast, of which I was a guest. It's called Made by Mummers. They share lots of non judgmental advice, tips and tricks, and their favorite products to make life easier for parents. Um it is the amazing Zoe Hardman and Georgia Dayton. Hi guys. Yay! Hi. Hello. Yay. Thanks for having <laughs> I've been us. I'm so excited <laughs> to speak to you because I feel like when we recorded your podcast, which was back very early February, I was just on this like amazing high from birth. Oh, well, actually not from birth, from the newborn face. <laughs> yeah. You were brilliant because I think
0: what we loved about you Um, and I speak for George on this one because I know we've had the conversations around it was your complete honesty the Mm -hmm. realness you could just feel it bubbling down the airwaves and you know you were great at sharing the highs and the lows and I think that that is something that we don't necessarily see online and you were also really great at celebrating all the all the great bits like yeah like yeah um actually I'm not having a shit time I'm actually really loving motherhood and I really love breastfeeding and it was just a joy wasn't it to hear it on the pod
3: Yeah, it was. And do you remember we were talking about the just you wait mums? Yes, saying that's that was the sort of that that's the time, isn't it? In that newborn phase where you might be enjoying it, and if you say you're enjoying it, someone automatically says, well, just you wait for this, just you wait. And, you know, they might be right, but you don't want to hear it. It's so funny, isn't it? Because I talked a lot back then
1: about the just you wait mums and also that unsolicited advice. And now that Alf's nine and a half months, I feel much less like triggered by that because I feel like I'm on my own journey. And also I kind of, I can kind of get why, where the temptation to, to say those things comes from. Although I am still not a just you wait mum. <laughs> I would like to. Oh, no. <laughs> oh,
0: no. No way. You you do find yourself trying or at least going to say it. And then I think one thing that made my mamas has taught me um, is that it's it's you don't have the right answer. Like yeah. we you just because it's happening to you, it doesn't necessarily mean it's happening to your friend or to your sister or you know, to your brother-in-law or whatever. And it's 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 really, really hard. I put something up the other day about luna's early rising and someone sent me and it was it was a dad sent me a direct message to to to, to my mailbox going the trick is right you need to put them to bed earlier and it was like don't you fucking think i've tried that i've put them to bed earlier i've put them to bed later i've given them (laughs) snacks
1: i've slept with them with socks on like it's like i've tried everything right like everyone seems to think that they have this will work and i think that's what's so scary about being open about the bad bits because you know, like Alf was just not a sleeper, but I wasn't and Tom wasn't. And like you, we've, we've tried so many things. And I almost think like, should I share this part of the journey? Because I know that I'm going to get every single person's like tips and tricks. But then I also like appreciate it comes from a really good place. And it is amazing, totally. isn't it? When people find a thing that works for them, it is an amazing yeah. thing. So yeah.
3: They just want to share it. And I think it's different, isn't it? Isn't it? When like, for instance, because we've got the platform Made By Mummers, people come to me and they're like, my just my mates, and they're like, what did that sleep expert say about this? And I think, okay, cool, I can tell you now because you've actually come to me and you've said, what did the sleep expert say about this? <laughs> yeah. But if they were just sort of saying to me, oh, you know, the ba- my baby's not sleeping, blah, 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 I would, be, I would feel very uncomfortable to just jump in and be like, well, we have this sleep expert on and she said yeah. this because I think unless somebody actually asks for advice or actually asks what you did they probably don't want to hear it
0: yes that's so true George yeah
3: and I think
1: it's that thing of like you want people to know that you they can always come to you for advice but you don't want to be like not like a know-it-all but it's it's having that respect to let them grow in their own space in the same way that I suppose if you went on holiday you don't want to get told like every single thing that's good and bad before you go, because actually you want to find out for yourself. (laughs) Yeah, you
0: want to know where the good bars are and you want to know where the good restaurants are, but you don't want to know, like you want to be able to discover stuff One person's
1: version of a good night out could be an Irish pub and another person's idea of a good night out is like a five-star luxury seven-course dinner. Yeah. Yeah, but as long as there's booze,
0: Ashley, as long as they're serving booze there... I'm fine with that Do you know
3: what That's so true though Because you have mates Who you would take advice from Like Oh they know their restaurants I'll take advice Like from them on restaurants I'll take advice from them On clubs I'll take advice from them On certain things But you have other mates That you would just Never take their advice On where to go on holiday Because your idea Of a holiday Is completely different And I guess it's the same With parenting Some people like Are the routine mum And you might go to them If you know you are too And some are the Like let's just go with it and then you might go to them if you if you feel like you're more like that to
1: um parenthood as much as i love the idea of going out eating out you're both mums well so you're a mum of two and a step mum to isla and um georgia you're a mum of two have you found from your first to your second did you find that that was like you kind of like eureka moment when you were like wow every every child is so different i thought i had this down with the first one and now i'm doing I'm trying to do the same, implement the same things with the second, and it's so different. Yes. <laughs>
3: definitely I mean this this is what I find so fascinating there's so many books that tell you you know how you sh- how you should get your child to sleep and how you should you know how you should wean them and all of this kind of stuff and you then have you know you have a fir- you have your first child and you think right okay I think I think I've got a good like understanding of how this works and then you have your second child and they just do the opposite of what your first child did so you're relearning and But I do think when you have your second or or more, there kind of comes like a level of acceptance. So whereas before you'd be like, oh my God, the thing that I was doing doesn't work with this one. I don't understand why. I feel like I wasn't like that. I was just a little bit more like, oh, okay, fine. A little bit more relaxed. Um, I sort of knew that, you know, for instance, like if she didn't like one milk, there's probably going to be another one that she would like. I think I had this sense with the second of... It will all work out, and I think ultimately that makes you a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, I do.
0: I, I definitely think it depends on the second, like your second child, because we, we, for example, had you know Luna, who didn't really have any kind of like allergy issues or any sort of intolerances. And then Kit came along, who had the most severe reflux. And obviously, has an egg allergy, had a dairy allergy. And suddenly, I was just faced with the complete unknown. And it was really, really overwhelming. So even though I kind of had my shit together in terms of like, okay, I've kept a baby alive, I know what I'm doing, I can kind of do that part of it. There was this whole other world which really threw me and what came with that, obviously the sleep deprivation, but with, with the reflux, I couldn't put kit, I couldn't put him on his back. He wouldn't sleep in the car. He wouldn't, he wouldn't even travel in the pram to the shops. So we'd step outside the house because he was on his back and the pain was so bad for him. And I was having to take him to like, you know, cranial, we saw like a baby, is it a craniologist? I think that's, that's what they're called. Um, And, you know, obviously all the, the allergy tests and then the weaning was so difficult. It was, I found it much, much, much harder the second time round because until Alison Scott Wright came along, obviously, you know, it, 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 I needed a specialist to get me over that real, like, monumental moment where I thought I'm never going to sleep again. Kit's never going to sleep again. He was in so much pain. So yeah, I found it really tricky second time round, actually. Whereas I thought it was going to be a breeze because I was like, oh, I've got this. Uh, fine. I know how babies work. I feel like
1: there'll be people listening who are going through that. I don't have that. Because, I mean, I feel like I've only just come out of that that moment. I mean, I still feel like I'll never sleep again, but I know that I will. Um, but at what point for both of you did you feel like, do you know what? I, I do have this. I don't feel that
3: now. I don't feel that now. I like it. <laughs> Do you not get it some days? Some days you think, actually, I get it on the days (laughs) when my children aren't here. I'm like, I've got this. This feels so nice. And in fact, actually, I was saying that to you earlier. I got to like January this year. Gigi hadn't really been in like a... she would hadn't been at nursery until then she was about 18 months and I thought right no it's time and and then I think when they're at nursery or they're at school and you've got them out the door and you've got home and that's they're the times when I think right okay I've got this I've got this I know what I'm doing they're not here (laughs) they're not here
0: I just think anybody that says that they've completely got their shit together and they feel that they've got this I think like celebrate it for for the moment, but be prepared because, you know, sometimes it comes back. And I think parenting is such a like a beautiful kind of like journey 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 forward, you know, because it's always changing. And one thing comes up with one child and then you've got an issue with someone else and then something else comes up and it, it, it's like you have to be so adaptable and you have to be so fluid and and actually never get complacent because it's kind of like it just changes so
3: much. It's constantly. Yeah, it's a beautiful mess, I would say. <laughs> but, it's, but it's so true, actually, though, because we're all like we speak to each other every day and every day there is something that's come up like Axel and Luna at school. And I think so many people, especially when you've got a younger child, think, right, as soon as they go to school, that's when, you know, I'm going to get my time and it's going to be fine. But actually, school raises so many challenges. And then, you know, they go to senior school and you have a teenager and that comes with a whole like a whole different type of challenge. Um, so I think they're just out to test us there's always going to be tests you know what it's actually really I'm absorbing this um, information and I'm
1: actually taking it in because I feel like in my very like in a nutshell timeline of where I've been at with ALF I feel like the first childbirth horrible first four months bliss and I didn't feel that kind of stress or anxiety in the first trimester and I think even when I spoke to you guys I felt like wow, I'm healed from my anxiety. Like, this is the best thing ever. And then I got to four months and I was like, okay, I'm a bit bored now. And also, what do I do to entertain this baby? And mm-hmm. then um, my anxiety started to creep back in. And then I think around seven months, I started to really like, struggle with my mental health and even like think that I might have made a terrible mistake by becoming a mother, which I know is awful because obviously it goes without saying that I love Alf to death. And then now... That he's like nine months. I have to say, nine months was a very emotional milestone. To think, like, oh my god, he's been out of me now for longer than he was in me. Um, It felt like almost like giving him to the world. But then, at the moment, I'm going through these phases, a bit like a roller coaster, where I'm like, oh my god, I don't. I feel like I don't have any mental health problems anymore. I'm nailing this. This is great. And then, literally an hour later, being like, oh god, no, I do. Maybe I need to take medication. This is awful. So I think you're right. It's such a good reminder that it is a beautiful mess. Like. Of course, like it's human emotion, like it, it comes at you whether you're a parent or not. Like, there are going to be immense highs and immense lows, and also you're not going to know everything, like, they change all the time.
0: Yeah and also I think we expect so much of ourselves and we expect so much of our kids and you've got two different energies you've got your own energy which is definitely going to fluctuate depending on what's going on in your life and your mood will change your 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 levels of like tolerance will change you know the, the love doesn't change but the sort of feelings around parenthood will change and flow and then you've got this tiny little thing which doesn't really have any control over their emotion and like i look at my relationship with luna some days and some days it's it's absolutely beautiful some days we work in harmony with each other and then other days i'm like wow you are the biggest head fuck And I am being the biggest head fuck to you because I'm bringing all of my shit into our relationship. And like it's very when when you're so in love with somebody and you're so intertwined emotionally, it's quite hard to separate your own stuff with their stuff. And we're supposed to always be the constant. And that's really that's a lot of pressure because we're not going to be the constant. We're also going to have really terrible days.
3: Yeah, actually, it's really interesting what you say about you know you really up until four months you 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 just loving it and you, and you felt like you you were nailing it. And it was just so enjoyable because we've off you know we've spoken to people who really dislike the newborn stage and then they sort of find their feet a little bit later on but I think ultimately it sometimes comes down to like a mum's or a parent's identity so you said at like seven months you started to feel like a little bit bored and a little bit like how you know what what am I supposed to do here and I think Zoe and I both you know agree on this that it's that time when you suddenly you haven't got a newborn anymore. So you're not like the newborn mum that can be like, oh, I haven't got dressed today, but you know, in your head, that's fine, it doesn't matter. And I haven't been out and I haven't done all of this. I don't feel myself, but that's fine because I've got a newborn. It's that bit where you're suddenly supposed to be you again, but you also have a like a very young baby and that's the really difficult part isn't it because it's, it's like should I be working should I be going back to work should, should I be feeling like myself again you know where where is myself where is my pre-baby self um and we've always struggled with that bit that suddenly where you feel like you might have lost your identity slightly um and when that comes up yeah when that comes up that can be really difficult. yeah and I think
1: exactly what you were saying you know it's that realization that number one you get no days off off you know it's not like it's not like a job where you're like oh thank god for the weekend I can get to recharge and it's like really like that realization that there's no days off I think also that it's other people's sort of like perception, like you don't get, like you said, you know, you don't get away with it being the newborn bubble anymore. People kind of expect you to, oh, when are you going to come out? When are you going to see us? Or even in a work front, like when are you going to be back and ready? And I started to even overthink, I think because of a lot of my own prejudices against what being a mum was, you know, I would always be like, oh, I don't want to be like one of those mums, or, you know, I saw like I don't know I just saw like motherhood is like something quite negative and mums is something quite negative which is obviously like really cringe and embarrassing that I say that now so I think it's overcoming a lot of my own limiting beliefs and so I have these moments where I really overthink like is off on my Instagram too much am I going to lose work because people just see me as a mum but obviously I've still got the same like skills and abilities and talents and I still want to work as hard and my career is still the focus, but then I look online and be like, but it looks like I'm just a mum. And then I have to be like, but we're never just mums anyway. Like even if we choose not to go back to our careers, we are still more than just mums. So I think I'm just battling and I'm still battling with that kind of sense of identity of not just how I see myself, but of also how I worry about how other people see me because I want to be more than a mum. Actually, I think that is so normal.
0: I I think that is so common. Well, I know it's so common because the amount of people that have said that to us over the years and what Georgia and I went through is exactly that. And, you know, you're trying to do the best job that you're doing, but you're also trying to figure out who this person is now when you look in the mirror. And like, what what does what does Ashley with a baby want and what does she love and what does she need and what does she what's she passionate about? And you know, I, I think both Georgia and I are still going through that stuff now um and I think that's absolutely fine and then there's also that feeling I don't know if you feel that of like there's an element of a a tiny bit of being you know at nine months of kind of separating slightly from Alf and kind of you know that that's also obviously you're super intertwined and all of that but like he's probably getting a little bit more independent you know you need to be a little maybe want to be
3: a little bit more independent but don't know how to like there's a lot going on at nine months I think that's a big milestone yeah no I would just agree like at nine months or a year we've said it's kind of that time where you think you should be a certain way and you have this realization that you're not the same person anymore as you was before and you're just trying to figure out who you are and who you want to be going forward and how it's all going to work um I know, yeah, I mean, I know with me, when I went back to work after having Axel, I wanted to be exactly the same way as I was before. I just wanted to do what I I did before. I wanted to just be seen as the same person rather than be seen as the person who just got, you know, who just got back from maternity leave. And it would almost like get my back up a bit, like I'd missed so much. And I'd be like, well, it's only been a year. Well, it's fine, you know. Um, But I think second time round after I had Gigi, I almost, I was a little bit more at peace with who I was now. Yeah. And I, and I, and I accepted it. And actually, like you say, Ashley, maybe, you know, in my head being mumsy and being a mum had sort of negative connotations, but, you know, after I sort of (laughs) grown to love myself as a mum and, you know, I'd had, had my second, I thought, you know what? I don't care. Actually, I don't care if someone sees me as a boring mum. So what? like that what you know, that, if I'm happy in myself and I'm happy just doing you know just go going to the gym going to play dates all of that for a little while then so be it I'll just I'll just slap it up because you know in a couple of months time I might not feel like that um and I think it is it's just finding that I guess finding where you feel at peace yeah
1: Hello and welcome to A to Z of Men, a brand new podcast that helps explain, well, men. Each week, myself, Chris Brooks. And me, Scott Robinson. We take on a different letter of the alphabet.
0: What? In
1: order? Yeah, in order. We will find a word that best describes men that starts with that letter. So it's basically like a guide? Like a guide, yeah, that's correct. This will really help me explain myself to the wife. We tackle topics such as mental health, stereotypes, and stupid things us men do. Don't forget sex. Oh, and sex. So join us each Wednesday as we create the A to Z of men.
0: You can find us wherever you get your podcast from, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Acast.
1: Just search for A to Z of men. And did you guys feel like a sense of, I want to say loneliness, like, because... A lot of my friends don't have children and obviously I love them to death and will always be in each other's lives. But obviously I can't do the things that I was doing at the moment in my life. And also I might not want to go back to doing a lot of the things that, you know, we used to do together. And but then I, I think maybe because I've moved, maybe because it's been a pandemic, I still feel like I haven't really met like my people in the mum space. I mean I, I you know I've started to make friends and think going to things like baby swim of course helps which I couldn't do at the beginning with lockdown. But I know that you guys met when you were pregnant. So do you want to talk a bit like about how you became friends and how you met other people and how you kind of got over that loneliness of your old friendships and then forming new friendships?
0: George, what, what we just recorded a podcast. George, what was one of the things that I just said on the podcast? I'm
3: lonely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so said, I'm lonely. I feel like I don't see anybody. I feel like I just, you know, I just provide childcare and I just work and that's all I do. And I think it can be such a lonely place sometimes especially you know like so you've just moved haven't you so maybe where you used to have a friend that you just be able to go and have a coffee with you don't you don't have that anymore and it's I think it's really difficult I'd, I'd say I mean I had obviously Zoe and I had each other for the first year and that was the, like the best thing yeah, wasn't yeah. It? like if we hadn't have had each other I really don't know what we like, well, I don't know what I would have done if if we didn't have each other. We literally saw each other every day. So did you day. guys meet when you were pregnant? Is that right? Yeah, we met in a coffee shop in Cheltenham. So,
0: Georgia was um, living in Cheltenham because James, her husband, had signed um, for a football team locally. Um, I was living in Cheltenham because my husband, Dozer, had signed to Gloucester and we were both pregnant from London. Uh, didn't really know what Cheltenham was all about. And we met in a coffee shop. I looked at George, she looked at me, and it was like the most beautiful. Um, First Tinder date that I've ever had, and uh, before I knew it, we were swapping numbers and we had casual sex that night, and it was great. Um, (laughs) um, We swapped numbers. I was like, "Shall we? Shall we? Shall we be mates? Let's hang out." And she was like, "Absolutely." I don't know anyone here, and that is basically it. And I remember the first text message that I got from George, which was. I just got engaged and Georgia sent me a message and it was the Christmas time and she was like, congratulations, I saw your news. Do you fancy meeting up with the with the babies? And at this point, Axel and Luna were three months and three months and three weeks old. And we met up in um, Montpellier, went for a walk in the park in Cheltenham with a coffee and it was like soulmates. I mean, we were just yeah, so lucky to it. have each other,
3: wasn't it? I know, and I think as well because we both moved from London. We both left our old lives in London, and we'd moved to this new place. I guess we we both understood what each other did, for, you know, before for work, um, and we kind of had that common interest. But we also found like we loved going to the gym, and there was so much that we liked doing aside, like. You know, not just talking about our babies, which was so lovely. And I mean, we did. I mean, we did talk about Axel and Luna like a lot. Probably ninety percent of the time, didn't we? But we knew we still had that other. We had that hour of when we put them in the crash. It would just be the two of us. We'd work out. We'd laugh. It was just, yeah. It was invaluable. Actually, it was. Yeah. It was. It was perfect. perfect. <laughs> and, and like I
0: used to show Georgia videos of like my mates in Ibiza at DC10, like you know, dancing with the lasers. And I used to. We used to sit in the park and be like my mates are in Ibiza they're dancing George would be like I get it I get it mate and I'd be like I'm back miss it I want to I want to be dancing in Ibiza but I'm here attempting to breastfeed in a freezing cold park in February and it was like it was re- yeah going back to your original comment about kind of grieving your old life and making new connections you know had I not had George it would have been a very different experience and, I, and George has just said the same thing like we always
3: say that you only ever need one soulmate and you're set but so do you know what you taught me from that experience because I think I had the I had my dog with me and I think Isla was with you and Isla was obviously that that kind of broke the ice because Isla was looking at Rufus and that kind of Sort of started our conversation, but you did t- teach me. You know, like you just have to put yourself out there sometimes. So if you do see another mum in a coffee shop, what's the worst that can happen if you smile and you start a conversation, and then after you've had a conversation, say, "Oh, you know, I don't, you know, I don't really know anyone around here, or I don't have many other mum mates. Can we exchange numbers?" The worst that can happen is that they say no, and then you don't want to be their no, mate I'm anyway.
2: Friends, <laughs> oh.
3: yeah do you know but that's the worst thing that can happen and I mean it's not probably not going to happen so I think sometimes you just have to like I guess take your brave pills and just think other people feel the same like we all feel lonely we all want to chat to other mums or other dads or whatever and it is just about reaching out I feel like the perfect icebreaker is like oh how
1: old's yours?" It is interesting though, <laughs> yeah. because obviously I'm going to um, like baby swim at the moment and I'm thinking about maybe joining some other clubs because like Zoe, I've just moved to a new area and I f- I do feel very lonely and I am still kind of mourning my old life and what all my friends are up to, but equally knowing that I can't do that or don't necessarily want to do that either. Um, and it's hard because I feel like I don't want to just talk about the babies. And also I feel like sometimes if I say I'm lonely online, there'll be like lots of people who obviously really kindly are like, oh, we should meet up. And then I'm like, oh God, but I I would hate, I. it's like, it's like, I guess it's like dating or like friendships. It's not, having a child is not enough of a thing, is it? To be yeah. friends. So it's trying to find like your people in the mix. Yeah,
0: of Totally.
1: It. Uh, Peanuts are really good app for that, actually.
0: Peanut and and mush—is it mush mums or mush mums?
3: Yeah, peanut's incredible, isn't it? Because you can kind of say like, "Oh, I like fashion. I like fitness. I'm into food, whatever," and then it matches you. Based, I mean, it does match you slightly on the ages of your kids, but the main thing is is the person like they, they're matching you as people rather than as parents um and so that's your, I, know, I know loads of people who have met like best mates on there
0: yes yeah me too it's lovely
1: isn't it and you can kind of put your interests in and stuff you should do that's that that's really Ash. good advice because actually I, I used peanut for a little bit in my pregnancy and I had to delete it because I found it a little bit but I think because I don't worry much about things which is ironic given that I have anxiety but in my pregnancy you know I wasn't worrying about a lot i was just t- enjoying it and when i went on there and it was like oh my god my baby hasn't moved for 10 minutes is anyone else's got and i i just found it a little bit like stressful whereas now i'm in a different phase maybe yeah it is a really good place to connect and even what you were saying georgia that they connect you with people who have children your age i i actually do think that's so important because else really enthusiastic to meet people now, but anyone that's a bit younger than him, he scares the life out of and like pulls them and pokes them. And the mums are obviously naturally a bit like, can you get that demon child away from mine? Whereas like the older kids don't really care about him. So he's trying to like grab their leg as they're running off. And they're like, oh, baby, go away. (laughs) It it is quite important to find someone that's kind of in that same space as him. But also that I really like.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you've got to check Peanut out for sure, definitely. Or just, just chat in coffee shops or wherever you are. Like just If you see Ashley
0: James somewhere in Essex, wandering around to people in coffee shops, okay, she's really, really nice, <laughs> so give her your number. She's not trying to pick you up. Ashley,
3: are you in Essex now? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, you could coming- be... George, I'm in Essex. There you go. There we go. I might find
1: you in a coffee shop. Imagine if there's like a thread (laughs) on peanut being like, is anyone being stalked by
3: this really annoying person in a coffee shop with the over eager child that pulls hair? But do you know what, though? I feel like that's what you've got to do. Like if you're in a coffee shop and someone, you know, looks like they're struggling or looks like really friendly, you just got to reach out and and, and try. One thing I actually
1: do want to ask you guys is um, having a second child already at nine months, people are starting to ask me, do I want another? When am I going to have another? And to be honest, I feel like I've barely gotten over. (laughs) number one I've barely gotten over the idea of like having to go through all of that again like pregnancy childbirth um even though I, I did really enjoy my pregnancy but number two like he still feels so little and I also don't really like planning anything in life including the birth of my child so how what what at what stage did you guys start to feel like oh I would really love another or did you always want another and how did you kind of like bat off the intrusive questions
0: I mean George didn't want George you didn't even want your second let's be honest about it no I I was with George when basically (laughs) I'll let Georgia tell the story but she tipped up to a recording and I took one look at her and I went oh my God, why are you gray? And she was like, oh, cheers. And I was like, no, not your hair. Your face just looks like really sort of gray and a bit off color. And I was like, oh my God. It was really witchy, wasn't it? I was like, you're pregnant. She was like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And I was like, we need to go and do a uh, pregnancy test. So we basically scuttled off um, to Superdrug and we went into a random restaurant. Byron Burger in Holborn. Holborn, (laughs) And we were like, oh, excuse me, can we use your loo, please? And in my head, I was thinking, is this where we're going to find out that the, the like that Georgia's having a second child in fucking Barenberg in, in Holborn but then we went snuck downstairs to the loo Georgia went into the loo and I was like have you done it have you done it and she was like I've done it I've done it and she came back out and then we waited downstairs and they were all like the, the kitchen staff were sort of looking at us like who are these two weirdos Anyway, she pulled it out from her sleeve and she bloody held it up the wrong way and it said <laughs> null and void. And I was like, oh my God, we'll have to go back. I mean, the whole thing was a nightmare. <laughs> you were like,
3: oh, you're not pregnant. You just look really shit. <laughs> no, she you was. Just look so- <laughs> <laughs> I went home like straight after that. I think so. You had a radio show. of was. We probably would have sat and done another one. And I found out I was pregnant, and it it wasn't planned. And I think I was quite open at the time, saying I didn't want to have another child. Like I, I'm one of one. Don't have any siblings. I didn't understand. Like I think I used to say, like sensible people have one child. <laughs> and things like that. Like, <laughs> why, why on earth would you want more? I think so many people used to use that phrase, like, one is fun, two's a zoo. And that just stuck in my mind. And I thought, why would I want to have another child when, you know, I, I'm finding this quite chaotic as it is. So then to have another one and to make make even more chaos, why would I choose to do that? But um, it, it happened. And my husband always wanted to have more he's one of four and it did take me a little while um to get my head around it um that I was gonna have another one and I I worried about how you know Axel would feel and also just how I would feel I like my own space and my own time and I, I, I already felt like I didn't have enough of that um but actually Gigi has been amazing and it's just been so lovely um to I mean, for Axel and for all of us to to, to have each other. Um, and, and now I understand, the you know, the sibling dynamic and how special it is. Um, but I mean, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I probably would have been happy with one as well. And if I hadn't have had a second, I would have never have known how that felt. Um, but I would say I'm not like if you're on the fence, then definitely do it. But yeah. I think if you're on the fence, I don't think you're ever gonna regret having another child. You're only gonna regret did not. Did you find
1: when you said when you said that you found it hard to find your own time, did you find when um Gigi came along you were like oh, now I'm back in that first place that I was with the first? Or or did were you more like, This is amazing, I get to enjoy this now?
2: Yeah,
3: I did. I mean, Axel, the timing was actually really good. So Axel started preschool when Gigi was like six weeks old and he went five days a week to preschool. Um, So I already had kind of decided that's what I was going to do so that I would have one on one time with Gigi and I wouldn't feel like stressed out. At the time, my husband was playing football, so it it wasn't like he could take time off or anything like that. It it was just I knew it was going to be down to me to be at home. So I guess I'd put that in place so that I would have time with her. And, and she actually ended up being such a good baby and in some ways I look back and I think gosh was that just meant to be so that I didn't you know what it can be like when you're sleep deprived and you say things that you don't mean in the middle of the night and I think had she have been an awful sleeper and you know I'd have felt completely wiped out would I have resented my husband maybe would I have made those like unfair comments to him about having another child I probably would have but actually she was really good and I And I think maybe that was meant to be that she was really good so that I could enjoy it um, and just take the time with her and realize that it was definitely like the right thing to do. Yeah. Or maybe
0: you grew as a person so much that you realize that actually it just because you have something in your childhood doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do. Like we're so programmed, aren't we, from our childhood? And, you know, I'm one of two and I was like, I want to have two kids, but actually I've got three because I've got an amazing stepdaughter as well. And if you told me that I was going to have three children, you know, I've known Isla since she was 12 months old and our house is carnage, but it's beautiful carnage and it's brilliant and it's madness, but I would never have seen myself with three, three kids because of what I experienced. But The relationship between the kids is like, God, it's magic. magic. What about you,
1: Zoe? Did you always know that you wanted another...
0: No, we just got really, really, really drunk at DC 10 in Ibiza and <laughs> had a quickie when we got home that night when we were on our in our wedding and then got back two weeks later and was like, this hangover from Ibiza is not going away. And then I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> I'm pregnant. Um, yeah, we, we because of my fertility problems and because of my – you know, I knew that I was sort of soon to be heading into sort of perimenopause. I knew we had to hurry up. So, you know, we, 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 Luna was, I think, 10 months old when I was pregnant with Kit. But it was the best thing ever. And I'm so grateful.
3: Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't think there's a time. Like, you know, people are like, what's the perfect age gap? And like Zoe and I will both say there isn't one. <laughs> because there's, there's always going to be challenges. What's
1: the age gap between Luna and Kit and Axel and Gigi?
3: Um, we,
0: Luna and Kit are 19 months apart. 18 months 19 months apart yeah yeah and Axel and
1: Gigi almost three years yeah I think I think the thing is that because people have already started asking me like you know Alf wasn't planned nothing and my life is quite like spontaneous and the even you know even the idea of like routine although Alf has found his own routine but the idea of routine actually like really stresses me out and so when people ask me about kids and then obviously the idea of age gaps come up I'm like oh my god am I going to have to start planning this or thinking about this but actually it's quite nice to think that you know it is like I mean like you said if if I only ever have one then that's a beautiful amazing thing and I love after death and I'll never I'll never regret it you know that just being him but then if it were to happen then I guess you just leave it up to fate and tell people to stop asking questions that and run their business
0: (laughs) oh my god you should do that anyway regardless if there's ever a if there's ever a question that someone's asked you that you're not comfortable with I just I just I always take kind of pleasure in sort of saying like yeah do you know what I don't want to answer that or I'm not comfortable answering that or you can't ask that question I'm quite happy to call people out on it I'm like I don't feel I don't feel comfortable with that and I think you know what sometimes people need to be told because for so long like there's that typical kind of like family sketch that we've all seen on a comedy show where like you know Uncle Dave comes over and says something like oh why haven't you had a baby yet and you're like well you don't know what what's going on in my life and actually uncle Dave needs to be told to sit down in the corner and shut up.
3: Exactly. It's actually it, it can be so triggering, can't it for for people to constantly ask someone when when you're going to have another baby? When you're going to have another baby because you have no idea what's going on like in that person's life. Um and also, I mean I used to just say I don't want another baby. <laughs> And that, would be a, that would be that and I'd just shut them down but
1: it was like when I was single and it would constantly be like when are you going to settle down and I was like oh let me just get the the dream man I've been keeping in my closet out now that like I'm ready as if like it was my choice just to like meet someone and I was like and also it's so annoying that I felt like I was like thriving for the last few of my single years and I was like why can't you just be happy with where I am now like why are you I can't plan these things. So I guess it's like pretty similar. Like people basically are just like constantly nosy. But also people's
0: opinions shouldn't matter that much. And I think that's something that hopefully motherhood's definitely taught me is that I spent such a long time during my 20s being so affected by what other people were saying and other people's opinions and other people making decisions on my career and my body and X, Y, and Z. And now I'm like... I, I don't hear any of the chatter and I think we, we said this the other day didn't we George that the minute you stop worrying about what anybody else is thinking and especially going into parenting because everybody will have an opinion the happier
3: you will be. Yeah absolutely I couldn't say that but any, any better.
1: Do you know what? it's so interesting because I feel like I got really good at not caring or worrying about people's opinions and since I don't know whether it's lockdown or just like Rocky mental health as a new mum but I, I do find myself worrying but I think it is part of what we've talked about kind of because I'm so fragile in knowing my own identity and where I am now as like a new mum and you know kind of like finding my feet with it all That like, I think I am much more perceptive to other people's opinions at the moment mm-hmm. um but it is a very good reminder um Girls, I know that you're obviously very busy. I'm so, so grateful that you chatted to me and I've loved it, getting to speak about loneliness and making friends, having more than one. But um, every week I get someone uh, a question from whether it's social media or the email, which is askmumsthewordpod at gmail.com. And this week's actually from Lucy And she said, I hope you're well. I'm the first out of my group of friends to have a little one, which is really exciting, but also scary and isolating. I'm able to reach out to my mum and dad for advice, but obviously a lot has changed since they were parents. Where would you suggest I go or reach out in order to talk to other mums? How funny is that, that I didn't even plan this show and we've actually been discussing (laughs) that? Yeah, that's amazing. Just to recap, it's, peanut and what was the other app you mentioned mush mush mums mush mums and also local coffee shops <laughs> <And> <laughs> absolutely i feel like we need to give some icebreakers for mums to going into coffee shops so that they uh like what what are some good yeah. what do you remember what your opening liners were with other? Yeah. um i don't know what the opening line was like you've
0: got a, you've got a cute dog
3: so and yours was, was i'm pregnant too
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Are you pregnant?" She was like, "Yeah." I was like, oh, "I'm pregnant too. Don't tell anyone." I, <laughs> I, I would never have said that to a stranger. But then, but then I think I was like, "Are you all right?" And, she, and you, you're like, mm. "And I was like, Are you were like, you all right?" I was like, mm. "So we basically got to it really, really quickly, um, which is quite funny." But how about things like, "Oh, it's fucking, hard. <laughs> it's fucking hard, isn't it?"
3: No. How about things like, "Have you showered today?" <laughs> That's a good one. I always think a compliment. going with a compliment. That's like the best way oh, to I like your a conversation. Yeah, love your coat. Oh, love your trainers. What coffee have you gone <laughs> for? <laughs> That, that looks like a great choice. Do you miss your old life too? <laughs> so much better
1: than mine, which would be like, I'm so lonely and I've just moved here. Please please be my friend. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. I've loved chatting. And um, Georgia, I'm actually going to find out whereabouts in Essex you live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's definitely talk. Right. <laughs> um, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to Ashley James' First Time Mum, the parenting podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow buttons so that you never miss an episode. And you're, if you're listening on apple podcast then of course if you love it leave a five star rating and also if you leave um a comment then i can always read it out in the next podcast so um, yeah i'll be back next week with another episode same time same place thanks
3: girls thank you thank you